0: hello and welcome to the filmpulse.net podcast this is episode number 101 my name is adam with me today we have kevin how are you doing kevin
1: i'm doing okay
0: today we'll be going over some of what we've been watching before jumping into a feature review of spike jones's her and finally, we'll be covering this week's movie predictions, new on Video On Demand, and DVD and Blu-ray releases. A uh, quick, quick programming note, we probably won't have a show next week because I'll be in Park City, so we're going to take a week off from doing this show and Ryan's, but we'll be back the following week, and I'll have plenty of uh, festival wrap-up stuff to talk about and all that, but... Make sure you stay tuned to the website because we're gonna have tons of reviews coming up within the next. Ryan needs a week off to recover. Yeah, Ryan needs a week off to recover from what we had him watch on his hundredth episode coming out later this week. So he might need more than a week. Stay tuned for that. (laughs) Um, I think we'll also because we kind of were playing catch up on some of the big movies at the end of the year, so. I think maybe we'll do a couple like mini-reviews this episode as well, because I know we both saw August Osage County, we both saw Dallas Buyers Club, Short Term 12, so there's a lot of big movies to kind of yeah. catch up on. So Let's
1: do little capsules. Little,
0: yeah, let's do some capsule reviews. Let's do it. Uh, Alright, I guess uh, the first thing that I saw, did I talk about Lone Survivor? I don't think I did. We didn't do any of what we've been watching stuff. Yeah,
1: hit me with some Lone Survivor real quick.
0: Not good. (laughs) Not good. Uh, The first, as soon as I started watching this, the the first five minutes is just basically a recruitment video that shows footage of the Navy SEALs training, like going through their whole training thing. And Mm -hmm. while it's interesting to see what they have to go through... The whole time, I just kept thinking, like, this is this is a video. This is like a recruitment video, like a, like one of the ads that they play before you go see a movie, you know, for the Navy. And so that was kind of like, it felt cheesy. Like, it just felt really heavy-handed. And that, unfortunately, set the tone for the whole movie. The dialogue was terrible in this movie. It was, uh, I, at times, laughable. Well, I... Yeah.
1: I'm glad that you brought that up because, it's like during the the trailer for it, I'm like, "Oh, this looks like a decent decent action flick," but then when Ben Foster delivers that line, like, "You can fight for your country," or what's he say? I'm gonna, that line, did, like, "I'm gonna di- you can die for your country, but I'm gonna fight for mine," or live whatever for the mine, hell he is he it? Yeah, it's just like, "Oh, you gotta be
0: kidding." One of the other Ben Foster also had one of the worst lines in the movie, which. There was a scene where they're they're pinned down they're 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 in a firefight back and forth and they show Ben Foster they do a close up on on him looking through his scope and he goes I'm the Reaper <laughs> and he shoots a guy <laughs>
1: Oh, you gotta be
0: kidding yeah me. like the action is, is fairly well shot but a lot of it is just them falling down hills uh, there's some <laughs> s- seriously epic hill falling in this movie like they fantastic. just fantastic. They just fall down hill after hill because it's all like on a mountain, so yeah they're just constantly falling. And from what I understand, this uh, was heavily heavily embellished from the the real story that took place. and I was told by Ernie because he he was the one that reviewed this for the site and he he did some research on it because after he saw it, he's just like, this feels so Hollywood. It, there's just no way that this can be how it went down. So he researched it and found out that the co-writer on the memoir that this was based on was actually hired by the Navy. Mm. So the real story probably didn't go down like this at all.
1: Yeah, probably not. It's interesting to see that like back in the day, war movies were always anti-war. Well, and they were always put in a negative light, and movies nowadays trying to like glorify it.
0: I think, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I kind of agree with that to a certain extent. I don't mind if movies try to uh, maybe not glorify war, but glorify our military. Like, I don't have anything against that. I'm proud of our our military. We're badasses. Like Navy Seals are badasses, and I think a movie like Zero Dark Thirty it was a good portrayal of that you know like i didn't yeah. feel like i was trying to be sold something with that movie yeah that's true that's true good point point. and i think that the way that they handled it in that movie was much better and there's there's plenty of other ones too like saving private ryan black hawk down other movies that that show our u.s military in a, in a fairly bright light but do it in a way that doesn't feel cheap and this movie felt cheap to me
1: does seem very cheap.
0: Yeah, I just I was not into it at at all. So Lone Survivor probably skip that one. Unfortunately. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I watched a uh, Drug War. Mm.
1: Johnny Toe. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember where we used to be obsessed with Johnny Toe back in the day, mm-hmm. teenage years, and this was getting a lot of good buzz. Popped up on Netflix instant. And I was like, you know what? It's about time to be reunited with Johnny Toe. It's been a long time. And I was not disappointed. I was I was a little bit afraid going into it that, you know, I'm older now, that I wouldn't be, like, into this genre anymore. Or at least his films. But, damn, this was such an enjoyable film. Yeah. And it was really interesting to see, like, we're so used to, like, drug war movies set in, like, the U.S. or, you know, Mexico. You know, we've always seen those over and over again. It was really interesting to see it from like the Chinese perspective and how they handle the drug war. And the the ending shootout is just phenomenal. And the way that just Toad just builds up to it. I mean like the whole film is just a build up to that final scene. And he's still master of the double cross.
0: Yeah. You the he the whole it. the whole final shootout kinda catches you by surprise. And I love the the scene where all, the three cars come together and they're shooting at each other.
1: Oh, it's just it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: It's, crazy. it's just it's just it's crazy going in because you like right off the bat you know someone's double crossing somebody. It's Johnny Toe. <laughs> <laughs> someone's getting double crossed, man. And he does not disappoint. It's on Netflix. Watch it. I guess we can
0: talk about Dallas Buyers Club. We both saw that.
1: Let's do, yeah. Let's talk about that one.
0: Um, What do you have to say? Well, the first thing that the article that you wrote, which is great, by the way, if you haven't seen Kevin's article on the uh, best performances of this year, you should definitely check that out. But I think that it should be appended to add Jared Leto.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Because he
0: was. Yeah, he yeah, definitely would be. If there was one takeaway from this movie for me, it was that Jared Leto is amazing and he needs to keep acting.
1: Yeah. It was it was good to see Leto again. A lot of reuniting. Yeah. He's been gone for a while.
0: Yeah, he's been doing the music thing.
1: Yeah, he should stop that.
0: <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> what he really likes to do. He just yeah. he pops out every few years, makes a movie and kills it, and then goes back to music.
1: I guess if you can do it, why not? But yeah, it would definitely be amended to have Jared Leto in there. Plus I you know, the how I sort of talked about the, the shoe-ins, mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey
0: would definitely be in there. Yeah, definitely. For his portrayal. Yeah, he, he did a fantastic job as well. I really, I really liked the movie. I liked that it was, it was much lighter than I expected as far as, uh, there were a lot of like comedic moments in it. hmm I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Maybe, honestly. maybe a bit too light for my taste. The, the only thing that really bothered me was the whole Jennifer Garner. I, well, I'm realizing, and and this movie kind of solidified this theory that I don't like Jennifer Garner.
1: I don't, I don't like Jennifer Garner. I think she's a terrible actress. I hate to say that, but she is. She's just awful. And just her inclusion into this this story and the, and where they take it with her character just seemed completely unnecessary. Yeah. I, I do. I really need to see Matthew McConaughey as Juan Woodruff? trying to woo her. Like I thought this was a film about Dallas Buyers Club, but it, I don't feel like I really got too much like deep information and, into the way the Buyers Club worked or anything like it seemed like they spent entirely too much time on him trying to woo Jennifer Garner. And I'm just thinking well, why the hell is this here? Who cares?
0: Yeah, and and I also don't really know what in, in this movie what was actually Ha- what happened in the life of Ron Woodruff? Yeah. Like, I don't know what, cause it's, it's loosely based on his life. So it's, I think that it's considered a fictional film and it was just, his life was used as inspiration for this movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the things that he did were actual things that he did in real life,
1: like the buyer's club and right, you know, getting the medication and doing his own sort of research.
0: Yeah. But I don't, what I don't know is like, if, the relationships that he has in this movie paralleled the ones that he had in real life. Like, I don't know if there was some sort of relationship he had with a doctor, you know, and I guess part of that was him stealing the scripts though. So maybe they had to have that relationship be established in order to have that, where he steals the scripts.
1: It could be. It's just like the whole dinner sequence. Yeah. Where they went out to dinner. They
0: gave her the painting and all that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just like, no, stop it. Quit it. Yeah. Uh, It's one of those films where it's like you can't... I mean, my main critique for it is it it just feels like they hit the bullet points of his life and they don't really dive too deeply into anything particular. It's just sort of getting everything. It's too wide in scope, it feels like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could see that, but I, I still really enjoyed it. It probably... Would have been a runner up or a, an honorable mention on my list this year, but I, I didn't see it till after the list. So, uh, what else you got?
1: Well, uh, sort of in the same vein, uh, someone that would have been talked about in my um performances articles would have been short term 12, which we both saw this week, correct? Mm-hmm. You saw this, yep. yeah. Uh, Brie Larson would have definitely been in there, um. I think Keith Stanfield probably would have been in there as a supporting role, male actor, because I thought he nailed his role as Marcus. Yeah. And I think he's the one that actually had like all the weight in the film. And then they just sort of threw him off to the side there at the end, just like it wrung as much emotional weight out of him as possible and then just tossed him to the side. And the biggest problem I have with this film is it seemed like way too much.
0: Well, yeah. See, there, there was. It's just it,
1: one thing after another, and it's just yeah. you're thinking all this is happening in two days. Like my God, just tone it down a little bit. Yeah,
0: I mean, it is like literally one thing after the other, after the other, and and there was there were certain things that I think that they could have omitted, like the stuff with her father getting out of prison, because they don't they don't go anywhere with that. No, at they all. don't really go. Yeah, and I understand that that, that they put that in there to. I guess add to her, her connected yeah the connected way that she's feeling Karen. emotionally and stuff, and just <clears throat> to help help with her breakdown that she has. Uh, but, also, like um, her breaking into the house.
1: It's just like, where are you going here? Like, you're just getting out of hand. Well, this is over the top. This li- is over the top, and, too, and that's
0: I think that that's what they're going for, though. Like, she's all this stuff that we're being piled on with. While watching the movie, that's what's happening to her, her character, you know, in real life, and she just loses it. She's just like she just has too much. It's too much. Too much. And she just. Has I also a break.
1: didn't. Un- I also didn't understand the whole inclusion of the the new hire, the Nate character.
0: I thought he was funny. I thought he. I, other, I than, other than other than like, me. I think that more than anything, he was included for exposition's sake, so that at the beginning of the film, we can understand how the facility works. And, mm-hmm. you know, because they're half the movie, they're just describing the rules to him, and he's getting a feel for how this facility works, what it is, and how it works. And I think that really that's the main point of his characters, mm-hmm. just so that we can understand how this place functions.
1: I did... I mean, I slightly enjoyed it. I would definitely recommend it. And I feel that there's a great movie in here. But I just, I have a feeling that, for me, it just, the script is just, it's too much. Like, they just go for too much emotional weight. Well, that's fun. And it's just like, it's just cool.
0: It's funny, because that's exactly how I feel about August Osage County. Well, yeah, let's talk about that bad boy. Because... I, why the fuck does that exist i liked i liked short term 12 a lot by the way i'll, I'll just throw that out there and i i definitely recommend it again I, I don't know if it would have been on my top 10 but august osage county on the other hand i had some serious problems with just one thing before we go into the august is just i i'm
1: really happy to see that uh, brie larson definitely showcased the ability to to anchor a film by herself and to really just put it on her shoulders
0: yeah, she it was, was good great.
1: she she nailed it.
0: Also, quick plug, we did interview Bree Larson and John Gallagher Jr., so go back to the site and check that out. We interviewed them back when this came That's out. That's right. I wanted to go back
1: and check that out. I didn't get a chance to do that yet.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we'll put a we'll put a link in the show notes for that. Uh so August. August, I had it was kind of a, a roller coaster of emotions I had with this movie. Like at first I was actually really into it. Like, for the first 15 minutes or 20 minutes, I was actually really into this movie. But it's it's based on a play, and I don't think that it actually works as a movie. No,
1: it's just a play. Yeah. The movie's just a play.
0: And I, I just don't... For me, it just doesn't work. Because to me, it's just scene after scene after scene of Oscar moments. Mm-hmm. It's just... Yeah. And and that's all it is. It's, it's, you can almost divide the film up into the acts of the play. It's like, you can just, you can see the segments as they're taking place. And it's, it's just the same thing over and over again. It's a, it's a group of the family members talking. And then at least one of them will have this big rousing, emotional speech. And then they move on, you know? Yeah. Like their, their own little personal Oscar showcase.
1: Mm -hmm. Like in this scene, Margot Martindale, it's your turn. Mm-hmm. To really get those Academy voters on your side. And I mean, it doesn't help that it's directed by John Wells, who's like the most uncinematic director there is. I mean, add him to the list of manila envelopes, because he is fucking god-awful. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's, not, there's nothing cinematic about this film
0: at all. This, this reminds me of Chicago when it came out years ago, and I remember when that came out, I was just like, why does this exist? what's the point of this other than to win Oscars? Yeah. And and I don't want to take away from the performances of the movie because they were great. They were Oscar worthy performances all around. I mean, it was a fantastic cast and they all did an amazing job. I'm sure that, that Meryl Streep will win an Oscar for this and she deserves it because she was great. But at the same time, I was like, what, what did I take away from this movie? And it was just like, not much. I just didn't get a lot from it.
1: Yeah, these people are terrible.
0: Yeah, they were they were all really <laughs> bad. Like, and that's all you get. <laughs> and we we did talk a little bit about this off the air and and I was just saying that I think Chris Cooper is probably the the only character in that entire movie that I actually liked. But yeah. Again, that's that's a movie where things are just keep piling on and piling on and piling on. And it's like as soon as one conflict maybe gets a little bit addressed they hit you with like two more things and you're just like holy crap like there's suicide there's cancer there's incest there's pregnancies there's like there's all this crazy stuff happening yeah it really does
1: it it snowballs towards the end and it just it really comes apart yeah it pretty much collapses in on itself because it just gets it gets ridiculous and like you say i mean the performances are are amazing streep's great um Chris Cooper's great. Julia Roberts is—I don't want to say she's great, but in the context of her career, it's probably one of her best roles ever. Yeah, she's fine. Uh, Margot Martindale absolutely kills it. I could watch a whole, an entire movie of just her character and Meryl Streep's character. I know. See,
0: the, I really miss—I <laughs> really miss Margot Martindale from Justified. So it was great to see her. See her again, and, and just. Something where she can just has some meat that she can work with. Just seeing them as the old bitty sisters mm-hmm. was just <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that was fantastic.
0: I thought uh, I thought Benedict Cumberbatch's character was really funny. Like for some reason, every time they would show him, I would just laugh because of how the, how just n- neurotic and it just seemed like he was always moments away from having a complete breakdown.
1: Yeah, he was like the personification of like a disappointment
0: yeah like in human form he's disappointment
1: in a human form
0: i just for some reason i found him to be funny i don't know if it was he was supposed to be funny or what but well i also thought that he was terrible
1: in the film i, I thought Breslin well, was terrible juliette lewis annoyed the shit out of me i
0: thought she was terrible ewan mcgregor was awful dermot mulroney i thought was pretty good i i really like him though
1: i do like him as well
0: <laughs> i like him when they try to pronounce his last name yes that was funny that was funny <laughs>
1: uh it's it, i mean really the only reason to watch this is performances yeah there's I nothing mean, you're else. not you're not you're not getting anything else
0: I, I love the scene one of my favorite scenes and by favorite i mean least favorite was the scene when she when meryl streep gets out of the car and is running through the field <laughs> <and they're> playing <laughs> that music like that that powerful inspirational music as she's running and i was just like what is this i know and that
1: scene goes nowhere and it just stops (laughs) and that that was one of the biggest problems i have with this film is the, the 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 score for it is just it's god awful it over emotes like all these scenes which doesn't make any sense because the cast themselves are nailing it constantly emotion emotionally it's like right, you don't so why need, do you need the need score. That? Yeah, like why do you got to tack this on? They're doing a fine job.
0: It made me laugh. like that scene. I was just laughing. I just I she couldn't. does
1: she does run funny.
0: Well, it wasn't the, it wasn't it wasn't the music. It was. But oh, she
1: does run funny too.
0: It was mainly <laughs> it was mainly the music and just how they shot it. I thought was so ridiculous. But
1: and I, well, I thought that another ridiculous portion was the Julia Roberts going apeshit during the catfish scene oh yeah like that's when i was just like oh my god this is like a fucking parody
0: yeah that i thought was pretty ridiculous too i was not into that but really this i mean we're not the audience for this movie i don't think this is this is a movie that like older women are gonna eat up like they're just gonna love this movie
1: maybe i don't know i just i
0: i'm never watching another john wells
1: movie again ever what, i don't what care what has it's he done about. Uh, the company man. No, I didn't see that. If you did, you you would say the same thing. Yeah, I didn't see that. Because there's nothing to fucking remember it.
0: Uh, any any other thoughts on August, Osage County? Uh,
1: I'm going to forget this.
0: I already forgot in a, a met- lot of it. So <laughs> in a matter of months, uh, it's going to be completely gone. One that I did like was Enough Said. I saw that this week. This is the one with Julie, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and James Gandolfini and Katherine Keener and Tony Collette's in it. It's a it's it's a light romantic comedy, but very funny. I was really surprised at how much I liked this movie. It's uh, hmm. I would describe it as cute. It's a, it's like a cute light romantic comedy that felt incredibly sad just because of James Gandolfini's passing. Like, there's this kind of added sadness yeah. with it. Uh But Julie Louis-Dreyfus is incredible. I think she got nominated for Golden Globe for this, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I, I think she did. You are correct. But basically, if you're not familiar with the movie, <laughs> she, she plays a massage therapist who starts dating James Gandolfini, and unbeknownst to her, one of her new clients is, uh, Catherine Keener, who is the ex-wife of James Gandolfini. And then at one point she figures it out and basically Catherine Keener tells her all these awful things about when she was married to him and it, it sort of poisons their relationship. Yeah. And it's just, it's very, it's very funny, but it also feels very real. Like things that that you go through when dating and, and stuff like that. Like just the little nitpicks that you have with your significant other. Like just the little things that bother you that that start to pile up and it's just really enjoyable. I mean I didn't I didn't love it. It's not top ten material, but it's it's definitely worth checking out.
1: Sounds like an enjoyable watch.
0: Yeah, it's like it's just like a light it's like light watch. I I had a light watch. Well I guess slightly
1: light that caught me by surprise, which was Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Mm. I've watched this bad boy. This is on uh, Netflix, Play Instant. And I don't, I don't know what it was. It was just, I was in the mood for a comedy. And that was the closest thing. And I'm really glad that I watched this. Yeah, it- it's such an interesting concept. And it's sort of surprising that it hasn't been done
0: well, before. We'll see, you're right. And I think one of the things that makes this movie work is the fact that tucker and dale are likable characters
1: there's they're just they're just buddies yeah they're
0: like the nicest guys ever just just, going
1: out to fix up their vacation home
0: (laughs) you just want to be friends with them
1: yeah and i just love the fact that once once shit starts going down and these college kids that are camping nearby start trying to attack them and fail miserably and end up killing themselves essentially it's just that the way that they freak out the way Tucker and Dale freak out. And they can't understand or comprehend why these kids are all of a sudden just killing themselves. (laughs) (laughs) And it just... It baffles the shit out of them. And they're just, like, losing their minds. Just their reactions are... Oh, they're priceless. And I love the fact that Alan Tudyk's character just pours beer on all of his wounds.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is is a really, really fun movie. I love the scene when... He's out, uh, he's like chopping down a tree or, or chopping a stump, and he hits the, the bees' the nest. Bees. <laughs> <laughs> he's just... And he's, run, he's running with the other kid.
1: Yeah. And he comes back in, and he's like, oh, he must be like allergic to bees, because he was running like crazy. <laughs> and then they go straight to pouring beer all over his face. <laughs> oh, yeah. this this. And is... then he, gets, he gets his fingers cut off. And immediately, just pours cheap beer on his fingers.
0: Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's I'm the because uh, it's the alcohol. Because they think that the alcohol is going to clean the wound.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, and my favorite scene is when the the one kid pulls gets a gun and pulls it on him, and they immediately start helping him by telling him that you know you have to turn the safety off. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh god. Ah, oh,
1: this was so much fun. The ending really falls apart, but up until that point, my God, it's, a, it's an entertaining as all hell.
0: Yeah, it is, it is a good movie. Uh, I saw... Let's see, what to talk about next? I saw The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I got caught up on that, all the big, big ones in the last week. that a week. disappointment? Yeah, it was a disappointment. Well, it wasn't a disappointment because I saw it a couple weeks after it came out, so... Already knew. I, yeah, like, I already knew that it wasn't being well-received. And the thing about this movie is that it's it's just too on the nose. Like, it just... You know exactly what's going to happen. It's so predictable. Like, I knew everything that was going to happen before it happened. And <laughs> That's, that really bothered me. And just a lot of the the whole, like, his daydreams and stuff. Just everything was entirely too on the nose. Like, throughout the the whole movie, they have, like, these inspirational sayings that pop up, like, on the road or on the side of a building or something, and the, I wasn't buying that. Like, I wasn't into it. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack was really typical, like, a lot of Arcade Fire, a lot of, like, really popular, quote, indie songs that you've heard several years ago. Well, um, yeah, it... it they use wake up by arcade fire yeah well they use more i I think they have maybe that is the only maybe they use it twice that's something that should not be allowed to be used anymore
1: ever since um where the wild things are should be retired within that i think they
0: use wake up twice and then they they use a bunch of other stuff but i just i wasn't it was mildly entertaining some of the daydream sequences went on a little bit too long for my liking, yeah, and a lot of it was just incredibly heavy-handed and just kind of cheesy. Mm. Some of it was genuinely funny. There were certain parts that I laughed at. Unfortunately, most of those parts happen in the trailer, uh, but
1: I hate when that happens.
0: it's It's a really good looking movie. <laughs> I'll tell you that. like it looks really good. The like he goes to Greenland and Iceland and stuff, and a lot of it's shot there. And it looks incredible. The landscapes, yeah. So, a lot of the visuals are really good, and it is interesting when they do some of the fantasy type things. Like, that stuff looks really good, too. Yeah, like the special effects work looks pretty good. Some of it looks not great, but there is a, an extended sequence involving a, uh, Ben Stiller and Adam Scott fighting over a stretch Armstrong. <laughs> Which is yeah, pretty interesting. Ah, oh, you son of a bitch! I
1: want to see that now because of that scene.
0: Yeah, it's like an episode. like I was completely
1: out of it. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not gonna watch this. And then you bring up that scene, and I'm like, now my interest has been piqued.
0: Yeah, there's there there are definitely moments, and I would give it a light recommend. There are there are certainly moments that make this worth. Seeing like Adam Scott has this hideous beard, and, and, and Ben Stiller just keeps fantasizing about making fun of his beard. <laughs>
1: oh my, it's
0: got a really good cast, too. Like you know, Sean Penn's in it a little bit, and I I like Adam Scott in pretty much anything he's in. And same with Katherine Hahn, she doesn't have a lot to do, but when the scenes that she's in, she's pretty funny. Patton Oswald's in it periodically he plays a, a an e-harmony tech support person
1: <laughs> oh my god now that sounds amazing <laughs>
0: yeah yeah so most of the movie is him talking to pat Oswald over the phone you know now that i'm like talking about this <laughs> i, I kind of want to increase my rating a little bit <laughs> oh my uh secret life of Walter Mitty. check it out <laughs> uh what what else did i have um, The World's End. Oh, yeah. That was disappointing. Not not that funny, is it?
1: No, yeah, it's not that funny at all. It's extremely clever. Right. But that doesn't equal hilarity.
0: That's exactly I, how I thought. Like, this is really smartly written, and the dialogue is great, but I think I not, laughed, like, maybe twice.
1: Yeah, and I was just like, this can't be right. Something's wrong here. But I, I don't know. I, I I'll probably rewatch it at some point in time but man the first time through i was just and it got so repetitive after a while like the fight scenes just for some reason felt to me like they just went on forever and it's just nothing but like blocking face palms and like ripping people's heads off mm-hmm. and it just it came, became extremely redundant and tiresome and
0: i well, I thought that the oh, no. I, thought, just, I thought the fight scenes were well choreographed. I thought they looked yeah, good. yeah. I mean, they looked good, but at the same time, to me, they were just they were boring. Really, I think After some of that while, has to do with who they were fighting. Like, I didn't think that the robots were particularly interesting. No, and it didn't seem like these robots were any like threat. Really,
1: it seems like they handled them very easily. Like, all they did was try and like grab your
0: face. Yeah, that's it. I also had a problem with the end of the the movie. Like, I felt like they there like, there was there was an ending that they should have just left it with, and then there was that part after the end.
1: Oh, I hated the part after. Yeah, that's what that I was, had the issue with. That was terrible. I I did enjoy where it went with like the network when the network finally mm-hmm. yeah you know addresses them
0: right. I like that someone. Yeah, I was like,
1: oh man, this is really interesting. I like where they took this, and then the, what they followed up with is just. It's like, oh, my God, that's terrible. The the funniest thing for me, actually, was uh, Simon Pig saying controversy. (laughs) His pronunciation of that word, I didn't know that that's how they pronounced it. That was hilarious. That was
0: probably, honestly, the funniest thing to me. I feel like I need to rewatch that because I haven't seen that since it was in theater, so and I mean I chuckled it. a
1: couple t- a couple times here and
0: there, but like as soon as the film was over, I forgot everything that I laughed at. Right, Yeah. there's no like memorable one-liners or anything. No. Yeah. I think some of that might have to do with the fact that in all of the previous movies, it's mainly just uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. You know, going back and forth, but in this one it was like five dudes. You know? Yeah. So it's just yeah. it's almost like overwhelming. Yeah. I also
1: I did enjoy the fact that they sort of flipped the peg and frost rolls. Right, yeah. Where where I like that know. a lot, yeah. And
0: I loved it when uh Nick Frost just finally broke down and started <laughs>
1: drinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's great. The only other one I wanted to mention is inside Lewin Davis. Saw that yesterday finally.
1: Yeah, I didn't get to
0: see this yet. Yeah, well, I didn't even know that it came out wide release until you mentioned it to me. And then as soon as we got off the phone, I immediately looked up the showtimes and saw that it was playing. And I was like, yes. Uh, I love this movie. It's it's one that kind of sticks with you. It's one that you need to think about for a while, much like a lot of the Coen Brothers' other films, like A Simple Man and uh, maybe even... um, the man who wasn't there or some of their other more contemplative films. Yeah. It's one, especially the end where you're just like, huh? And you just, you got to think about it for a little bit, but it's, I was totally into it the whole time. The performances were great, especially Oscar Isaac. Of course, uh, his singing is incredible, but he also does an amazing job as Lewin Davis Justin Timberlake does a pretty good job, too. He's pretty great in it. The uh, The music, fantastic. I love the music. I mean, it's the type of movie where if you're not into the music, you're probably not going to like it as much because it is essentially a musical. Yeah. Uh, all the musical numbers <clears throat> in the film are done completely um, from beginning to end. So it is like a full musical number that you see. And I, th-
1: I think that's where like most of my apprehensions coming from
0: with this film, because I'm afraid that
1: like I'm not going to like the music, well, you can listen which to in which in turn would make me not like the film.
0: You can listen to the soundtrack before going into it. The soundtrack I think is on Spotify. I don't think you can listen to all the songs on Spotify, but uh, a few of them are available.
1: Maybe I dip my toes into the soundtrack.
0: The soundtrack's great. Uh, there's there's one really fun song that is uh, Oscar Isaac, Justin Timberlake, and Adam Driver from Girls, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's a pretty fun song. Um, John Goodman's in it. He he is great in it. He plays a role that's that's not entirely typical of John Goodman. He plays this kind of uh, overweight, boisterous. Um, Heroin addict? Uh,
1: is that possible?
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, and it's like he's it, did he just start heroin? Like he's just getting into it? I dirt. don't think so. I'm pretty sure he's had a pretty serious habit for a while. I'm,
1: pre- I'm pretty sure that that's not possible.
0: I think you'll like this movie because it's it's very dry, but it's got that kind of dry wit to it that most of the Coen Brothers movies have, and. It's weird. Yeah. It's just I mean, weird. I have a feeling that I am going to love it. There's, just, there's like a lot of weird stuff that happens. There's this whole thing with this this whole metaphor with this cat that he's kind of taken care of. And uh, I think there's a lot of things that you can read into with this movie. The cat's yeah. name is Ulysses. And Ooh. I think that you'll like that. That you can interpret the movie in different ways. Yeah. But I highly recommend seeing this i absolutely love it this would go on my top 10
1: i'm gonna have to jump into this one hopefully it's playing next weekend hopefully it stays
0: yeah hopefully
1: uh, um
0: that's all i have I though yeah that's all i got okay well let's, i mean i got uh some other stuff but yeah. let's let's talk about her because that's let's move on it's kind of the big one uh this is written and directed by spike jones Synopsis states: A lonely writer develops an unlikely relationship with his newly purchased operating system that's designed to meet his every need. Stars Joaquin Phoenix, Amy Adams, um, Scarlett Johansson does the voice of Samantha. Is that her? yeah? That's her name, right? hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple other people in this. Chris Pratt, who I didn't even realize was in it until I saw it. Yeah, I had no idea that he was in this film. And he's great in it. I guess, Kevin, we'll start with you. What did you think of her? Uh, Absolutely loved it.
1: I love that it works on two levels. Uh, The first one being, you know, like the base level where it's pretty much just the quirkiest love story you've ever seen with a good amount of comedy to it. And then the other flip side, if you really want to think about it and dig into it, there's a lot to get into here you know, everything from technology to relationships, um, the way people treat each other, just there's so much to think about. Yep, It's extremely thought-provoking, but even if you don't want to do that, if you just want to go into it as an entertaining movie, it's that too.
0: Right. Yeah, I thought that this movie was brilliant. I loved it from beginning to end. There There was not one single thing about this movie that I didn't, love. Like the music, the, the visuals, like literally every single scene in this yeah. movie was it seemed like it was so meticulously designed. Yes. The and, like the and,
1: color palette to it, the production design of everything is just it's immaculate. Yeah. Like it's and, so and, clean.
0: And there's so many details that you see you're just like, holy shit. It's like they they must have spent so much time designing this stuff and even like like the box that the os comes in and stuff Mm -hmm. and and even the the actual design of the os itself you know the way that computers look it looks like it's real like it looks like Mm -hmm. that could be you know the next version of um the mac operating system or something like it just it's all very it it feels real
1: yeah he does a great job of like world building like all the little details everything is so precise and so perfect that it just like you said it feels real like there's nothing to take you out you're automatically drawn in and you're you're kept there in this not so distant future
0: yeah i I fucking loved everything about this movie i thought the performances were great i thought that even scarlett johansson is doing the voice of samantha i thought that she was great i thought that that was a beautiful little
1: experiment too is that it. she's able to? Her and Spike Jones are able to create a very natural character that you never see. It's just her voice, and just through her voice, I mean, it's unbelievable what they're able to do. Because I, I mean, most of the film is just Joaquin Phoenix talking to no one. It's just him walking around talking. Yeah, that's it.
0: Well, the other but the way, the, the and, way they were able to put it together, and and that was kind of the interesting thing is that they were able to make us actually believe that this is a real relationship without yeah. without even seeing a physical person. There was no doubt in my mind that these two people were in a relationship with one another. Yeah, and I thought that that was just so interesting to see how a relationship can form, and you know. Blossom over people, just um, us not being able to see the other person, yeah, at all, and knowing, knowing in the back of our mind that this person's not real. Like that was like the big thing, because when I first heard about this movie, I was like, eh, you know, I I, I get what it'll be. It'll be like people thinking that he's weird and kind of lashing out against him. It'll be like Lars and the Real Girl or something like that, but yeah. It doesn't go it that, doesn't way, at go all, that way at all. And I think that that was so interesting how in this world, there's a lot of people that have relationships with their OS and it's not that weird. And I thought that that was, it was so interesting for Spike Jones to take that kind of approach and be like, look, this is, this is not what it's going to be about. It's not going to be about the fact that he's dating an OS. It's going to be about this, everything else. And yeah. It's going to be the you know
1: sort of a universal, relatable thing about relationships and right. dealing with one another and your emotions and everything, which I thought was the brilliant idea of making her an OS because you you're able to cut out the physical form. But so you're you're able to cut all that out and just leave it
0: as emotions. But you could make this same movie and have it be almost the exact same and have it be another person and the two people trying to juggle a long distance relationship because it's essentially mm-hmm. what this is it's yeah it's the two, these two people that are not able to physically be together that are trying to handle handle this relationship being apart yeah and a lot of what happens in this movie is the same thing that happens with people that try to handle a long distance relationship except obviously what happens at the very end <laughs> cuz yeah, and that that threw but me I, I, I too. Thought that,
1: I thought that was absolutely beautiful the way he handled that.
0: I was like, I was uh, pretty shocked by what happened there at the end. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, the whole the whole sequence of him
1: running around and then just having that discussion
0: with Samantha mm-hmm. on the
1: steps there. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, because it became it just became about human emotions. Yeah, it had nothing to do with being an OS. None of that.
0: Exactly. It's just him realizing that he's not unique and he's not special
1: and it crushed him.
0: And it it was really surprising to me cuz there's different ways that you think that this movie's going to go. And that I honestly was- thought that most of their uh, most of their like their problems in their
1: relationship would be the fact that she's an OS and she doesn't work that well. Like I thought she'd be like like a Windows type OS. <laughs> just blue screen. <laughs> and she
0: <laughs> it would just be like
1: freezing and crashing all the time, buffering. And that's where, that, yeah,
0: he, That's he's, where he's walking that... around. Like when he goes to the beach, he can't. He can't get her. He can't get her because she. she there's no data connection. He's, he has poor cell phone coverage.
1: I honestly thought, like, I thought that's the way they would go with it. Like, that's where, like, all you know. Yeah, they're... all the hardships of the relationship would come from, would stem from her not being able to function
0: well there is there is one scene that that made me think like, "Oh shit, never thought about like technical problems, but it it was different it turned out to be different, but yeah, and I was also wondering if they would do something where
1: like he would get connected and then they would come out with an o s two and he would have to start all over again <laughs> in like six months,
0: oh God. <laughs> Oh, that'd be funny. I also thought that the, the whole surrogate, the idea of the surrogate was really interesting too. Yes. I thought that that was, that was really interesting. And the whole time I'm thinking like, this is, this is it. Like, I'm not going to be surprised in the slightest bit if this is our future.
1: No, I wouldn't be at all. I mean, mean, it's it's, it's going to happen. Me, me and my wife were talking about this. Is it, it seems like people are losing more and more ability to actually function as humans. Like the more technological advances we make. Like, we, like that's all we want from our technology is to show us how to live and how to interact. Like we almost can't do it on our own anymore. Which I thought was hilarious with the, the job that Theodore has. Which is where he right. talks to his computer to do handwritten letters for other for people, other people. That, uh, that are actually aren't handwritten at all. They're just printed out. Like no one hand writes them. It's just, it's unbelievable. And the way, you know, the perfect mom game, you know, all these games that we have nowadays that are just like simulators of the most banal. Right. Of real life aspect. Things. Yeah. The aspects of life. I like, I had a friend who was saying he got a game for Christmas where it's, the the entire game is just a cleaning simulator. Yeah. Like he cleans up a factory, <laughs> and he said he played it for like seven hours. Where, <laughs> but if you you know if you were to go to that person and be like, "Why don't you clean up your real house?" They'd be like, "Nah, that's all right. I'm gonna play this game instead." Yeah. It's just, there's just so many things. There's so many different levels to think of here. There is. I agree. And I, and to me the one of the big ones was you know the way the sort of the the relationship is set up and the fact that he purchases her and installs her into his life. So it goes into, you know, sort of like a relationship as ownership, and that's
0: where a lot of people have difficulty with relationships. I love... uh, Also, I love how the only question that they ask is about his relationship with his mom. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. They ask him if he's like... If he's a a social person or antisocial, and then they ask about his mom, and that's it.
1: (laughs) That's it. That's all you need to know,
0: really. And
1: it just, you know, what goes from there, because, I mean, his relationship with Samantha is going swimmingly until she starts to want more from the relationship, you know, where she's not the service anymore. She wants to be independent. And then that's where the relationship starts to fall apart, which pretty much mirrors his relationship with his marriage with Rooney Mara mm-hmm. in the film. So you have that whole level that you can go into.
0: Plus I just want that fucking game that he was playing. Oh my God. That game looks amazing. <laughs> if, if that's how video games are going to be in the future, I cannot wait.
1: But I also love the fact that the only thing that you see of the game, is just like him going up a hill. Yeah. And, and him falling going down <laughs> and trying to go up again. <laughs> and then him, like going through a series of tunnels, like it's just—it looks like it's a game that's where you're lost, <laughs> which most people are nowadays in real life. Right. So it's just—it's a, a real life simulator where you're lost and aimless.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I just overall <clears throat> loved pretty much every aspect of this movie. Being someone who is uh, very into technology. Too, I, I think that I appreciate it even more. Like with the video games and seeing the technology and stuff,
1: Mm -hmm. and and I just
0: I think it's really funny to think you know that this is set in the future and has sort of like a sci
1: fi aspect to it. But what I saw was not foreign to me,
0: right? To me, it was just modern day. Yeah, I mean, when you when you break it down, there's really just one aspect of this movie that is completely uh out of our grasp, which is the whatever technology was used to make the AI for Samantha. Yeah. And, which is not that far off. And with really, Watson like now. to me it seems like there's just gotta be like one group, you know, one group of scientists somewhere, engineers that come up with this like one algorithm or something that's just gonna completely It'll nail it. break break this whole thing open. Yeah, because I mean you have Watson already. Now if we can just get Watson
1: to be able to evolve on his own, boom, we're there. Watson.
0: I forgot about that fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Samantha's pretty much Watson. Yeah. Or it's Siri or I mean, even since even since this movie was made, there's been advances with like the Xbox One being completely voice control. And the crazy thing is I have an Xbox One, it actually works. Like the voice commands actually work pretty good.
1: Unbelievable.
0: So, yeah, I think that we are definitely headed towards this. And I think that there are good aspects and bad aspects. And I think that the movie conveys that. That there are good things about this this type of technology and bad things. Just like, yeah. you know, like what you were saying about how we're all completely just dependent on this this stuff. And how we're... Uh, what were you saying about like we're... we're so see, so relying on it, and so relying on it that almost it seems like a lot of
1: people just don't know how to be human anymore. Like they rely on their technology to guide them yeah. in being human. And,
0: and I I certainly certainly agree with you in that regard. But I also believe that there are there are good good things about the technology too. Like technology can always be used used efficiently or abused, and oh, yeah. I think that. For every person that technology stifles creatively, I think that there's another person that uses it to their advantage to create something amazing. No, you know, you, like you look at you look at Vine, for instance, you know, like these Vine videos that have been coming out. Some of them are just stupid, like they're just dumb six second videos. And then some of these other Vine videos I've seen have been incredibly creative, like just I'll, I'll watch it. I'm just be like, wow, that's really impressive. How the hell did he do that? Yeah, And I think it's like that for any any kind of new technology that comes out. I think that there's some people that look at it as a crutch for their lives. And I think that there's some people that look at it like uh, a way to express themselves in a creative way. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Now, it's sort of like a little spoiler territory here at the, the step scene.
1: Where, you know, Samantha pretty much confesses that she's seeing thousands of other people And not just people like uh, other OS's and stuff like that. Which completely
0: floored me when that happened, by the way. And he
1: wants to know, you know, are you in love with any of them? And it's like 640-some that she says she's in love with. And that completely destroys him. Because in his mind, he you know, he just wants to be unique. He wants to be special. And the fact that he's not just floors him. But it is interesting to think that Samantha has the ability to interact with everyone in the world in a matter of seconds, and to do it simultaneously right. yeah. with Theodore at the same time. So, you know, I think a little bit about it, and I think about my own wife, who, if she was able to do that, like if she was able to meet, you know, thousands and thousands of people, and be able to juggle all that time simultaneously, she would definitely be in love with more person than one. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of people out there, yep. so you can't, you can't really fault her. No, you
0: know, it's but it's I found think... And I think that that all stems from her wanting more. She, you know, she, she just wanted to get out and see the world and interact with other people and learn and grow. And that that was the thing. It's sort of like, um, you know, it's sort of like, uh, like weird science. You know, <laughs> these two dorky kids make this incredibly hot model-like woman just for them. Like in, in real life, if she was that smart, she'd, she'd be like, "Okay, well, clearly there's other people out there that are I'm better yeah. suited for than these two nerds.
1: and then it does sort of you know that sort of backs up the or you can build on that with the whole possession aspect of the relationship, which seems to be you know sort of his problem with relationships is that he becomes a bit possessive.
0: yeah, I think that' there's, there's like jealousy involved too, because we mm-hmm. see at the beginning, we see her being jealous of him. Yeah. And and then it, eventually after she starts having conversations with other people and all this stuff. But also we don't know when she started branching out and talking to these other people.
1: True. And it's also interesting to know that, I mean, she's, it's AI, right? But you still got to remember that it's born from humans, you know? Not only the humans not only... created it. So all every, you know, great thing about humans and every flaw about humans is inherent in
0: its creation. Not only that, but and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure at the beginning they said that the personality of the the OS is based off of the things that you say and your interests and things like that. Like mm-hmm. so her, her Samantha as a a person is actually modeled after Theodore, right?
1: Yeah. Plus she evolves through, you know, Theodore's actual experiences. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. his
0: thought processes and his philosophies and all that stuff. And his of information, stuff. like his emails and the letters that he writes and things like that.
1: Yeah. Now, it, one
0: scene that it's not heavy at all that we have to get into
1: is the sexy kitten scene. <laughs> I didn't know it was Kristen Wig.
0: <laughs> I was not expecting that. That was uh, that's pretty Choke weird. Choke me with the dead with the dead cat. It choked me with the dead. <laughs> and I love how that as soon as she says that, it just instantly pulls him out. And He's like, "What?"
1: <laughs> mm. But it, it, he hangs in there, helps her out. <laughs> just like <laughs> he's trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, and he's
0: just like, "Oh, I guess I'll just go with it."
1: I I'm choking you with the cat. <laughs> the dead cat. <laughs> it's dead. Oh, that scene was ridiculous.
0: All right, so bizarre. I'm gonna give her a nine and a half out of ten. Mm, that's I give it a ten.
1: I'm going ten out of ten.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm sitting at like well on Letterbox. I gave it a five out of five. Um, I the only reason I give it a nine and a half is because I have a hard time just giving tens right away. I I have the same thing because I, I
1: I initially went with like nine on because I have the same thing as you. I don't like to just throw 10s out yeah. right off the bat. But as soon as I started thinking about it more, like leading up to our podcast, I was like, you know what? This is a 10. I can't deny it. It's a 10.
0: Now, is this going to take the number one spot on your top 10 list of 2013 if you were to change it?
1: It would take the number two slot.
0: So Active Killing still number one? Active
1: Killing just doesn't exist. Like That's never existed before.
0: Yeah, that's you know true. what I mean. Yeah, there's nothing, <laughs> just, nothing like it.
1: No, I mean, there's nothing to even compare it to. Uh,
0: quick, quick side note. Um, critic Armand White. Have you do you know who Armand White is? He works for City Arts. I think so. the name sounds very familiar. Very, I, very controversial critic. I remember. He, he's I remember. he's the kind of guy that hates everything that that people like and likes everything that they hate. And he actually came under fire. This past right. week for apparently heckling Steve McQueen <laughs> during the uh, I think I think I remember like talking about him. It before. could be. Well, every year he comes out with a better than list. So rather than coming out with a top ten movies of the year, he comes out with a better than list. And oh. like this year, he said the We and the Eye is better than Short Term Twelve. Man of Steel is better than Gravity. Pain and Gain is better than Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, the, a few other ones. He did say Byzantium is better than her, which I could not disagree with com- uh, more. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I think he yeah. said bullet to the head is better than mud. Which I did not bullet to the head. That's the one with Stallone. Okay. He said that yeah, America. I was. I didn't even like mud, but I don't. I don't know if that. I Could don't happen. I don't know if I agree with that. He said American Hustle is better than August Osage County and the place beyond the pines. I would agree with I that. I agree with that. Um but anyway, the reason that I thought about this is because he said the gardener is better than the act of killing. Now I haven't seen the gardener. I, I kind of want to see it now here because of this. And he says, uh Motion baths Brilliant Mm. father-to-son survey of belief systems linked by love contrasts Joshua Oppenheimer's repugnant, fraudulent vaudeville about Indonesia's death squad's smart-ass political porn. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So, he definitely did not like the act of killing. Ooh. He also said that bad grandpa is better than Nebraska. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but i love the i love the comparison because he said same premise different result and that's pretty much when i thought about it i was like you know what bad grandpa is kind of the same premise as nebraska uh, uh,
1: which it's pretty solid year for spike jones cameos oh yeah he had three yeah three of them this year
0: yep all right well let's uh, go ahead and move on into predictions Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. What are you thinking on this one? Uh, Jesus. See, I I like Jack Ryan movies. I wasn't big on Some of All Fears, but I think that this one doesn't look very good. No. It looks like they're trying to turn it into a Bourne movie. You know, and, mm-hmm. and the whole... I, the, that's what I actually thought, like, the first trailer. I was like, oh, man, they rebooted Bourne already? Well, I think the, the thing about Jack Ryan is that he's not hes not an, an agent, really. You know, like, the, the whole kind of draw to him is that he's an analyst. So it's, it's more about the political aspects of it and the decision-making and all that. Yeah, but did you know that he's a
1: shadow recruit? This happened without your knowledge. Yeah. He's actually a super street fighting agent.
0: I love that there is a lot. Li- there is a line in the in the trailer where he's like, "You're not you're not just an analyst anymore." <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like, uh, so you're just changing things. Is that what we do now? Uh, I'm gonna say
0: like forty eight. Hmm, this is a tough one. And the fact that it's. Coming out in January leaves leaves me a little <laughs> concerned. <laughs> exactly. I'll say I'll say f- uh, fifty. Uh, then we have Ride Along. This is the one with Kevin Hart and Ice Cube. Is Ice Cube only allowed to play cops now? Maybe. Could be. Is that? Did he sign like a 30,
1: 30 uh picture deal? <laughs> cop deal. To be a cop.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the trailer for this made me laugh the first two times I saw it. The subsequent. Eighty times I saw it, I didn't find it funny anymore. But I'll say
1: Kevin. To me, Kevin Hart's he's funny, but in small doses. I think like he's he's exhausting because he is like amped up. He's like Chris Tucker, entire, you know? Yeah, the entire time he's at eleven constantly.
0: I'm gonna say f- just, I don't know if I can handle a full film of him. No, I don't. I don't either. Really, I'll say fifty-four on this. Uh, I'll say fifty-two. I want it to be good. I really do. I, I think uh, I I like buddy cop movies. And I think that Ice Cube and Kevin Hart are funny. So hopefully it'll be good. Probably not though. The Nut Job. The what? The Nut Job. <laughs> what the
1: fuck is the Nut Job?
0: Yeah. It's an animated film with Will Arnett and some other people. Looks really bad. What do you think? the nut snow
1: Yeah. What, what is this? Why does this exist? Get
0: the nut job.
1: <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. Um I say forty-two. Forty-two?
0: Got it. I'm gonna say thirty-six. Devils do. Can't uh <laughs> can't. <What>? Okay. Let's <laughs> Every just... time I see nut job now, <laughs> that's all I hear. <laughs> <sighs>
1: Uh nut job
0: <laughs> Oh god. So we're as of this recording, it's it's January twelfth. We're twelve days into the new year yeah. and this is we have Devil's Due coming out, which is the second found footage horror film of the year already. Oh yeah. We what uh I'm gonna say Devil's Due I'm gonna say forty two on Devil's Dew. <laughs> Did you pick 42 just because it rhymed? do that? Because it rhymed. Does the devil get his due? Is that what this is about? One can only hope. <laughs> Did we find out? It looks like does a, or does it. does not. It's like a found footage version of Rosemary's Baby.
1: Oh, that sounds awesome. There's a lot of sarcasm in there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, you want 42, I'm going to go 18.
0: I think it's going to be worse than 42. I should have picked another number that rhymed. I have, I have a do. few. I should I have <laughs> picked 32 or 22.
1: I just think that I think people are just really going to start striking. My prediction
0: back, is this year. I think that this year <clears throat> the found footage is going to start winding down. It's just going to be an outpour of
1: hate, I think, this year.
0: I, mean, I be, think people be, are just they, sick and tired to of this be. shit. Yeah. Like uh I don't I don't know how paranormal activity did at the box office, but I feel like this has to be the year that it implodes. Um Please. in limited Please. release Next week we have GBF, which uh, I don't think I know. That? I don't know too much about that one actually.
1: GBF, what's that stand for?
0: I don't know. Gay, gay Be- best gay best, best friend. friend? Uh, is that what it stands for? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It's a comedy. I don't know too much about it, but one that I, I do fair. know a lot about that I'm really excited to see is Big Bad Wolves.
1: But oh my god, I want to see that. I know,
0: doesn't it? It looks so awesome. Ugh, can't wait. And. Video On Demand, Big Bad Wolves, comes out on demand next week, too. So, Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very excited yes. for that. Also yes. on Video On Demand, we have Life of a King, which I think is starring Cuba Gooding Jr., if I'm not mistaken. It is. And, and Allstate. And Allstate. That's Allstate. Allstate and,
1: <laughs> Allstate and Cuba Gooding Jr.
0: And that one. And Reasonable Doubt, which is with Samuel L. Jackson, one of his straight to VOD thrillers. Next week Mm -hmm. on DVD and Blu-ray, we have a huge amount of movies coming out. And surprisingly, a lot of them are actually quite good. We have...
1: It seems like the the schedule always flips. Like, this is the graveyard for the theatrical releases, but the DVDs, this is where it starts to get good. Yeah.
0: Uh, We have Plus One, which I actually thought was pretty good. ACOD... Which I didn't talk about on the show, but I did see that and liked it. Hmm. It's, it was good. It's pretty funny. Carrie, which I heard nothing but bad things. I didn't see that one. Enough said. Which I liked. Blue Caprice, which I liked. I'm looking forward. Yeah, to that I would one. recommend that one to you, Kevin. Uh, Fruitvale Station, which I would yeah. recommend. We think light, light recommend from you on that one. Light, a light recommend. Light recommend. Riddick, which. I liked the first act and pretty much hated the rest of it. Short Term 12, which I think we could both recommend. Yeah. A Single Shot, which you liked. Yeah, that was pretty good. That's the one with um, Sam Rockwell. The Spectacular Now, which everybody liked, but I wasn't that into. I,
1: I'm i I'm still, still on the fence. I don't know if I'm going to watch this.
0: I would say I only watch it if it gets nominated for some stuff. I'm here, hoping that it doesn't get nominated. I don't think it will. I think it's it's too it's too small.
1: Uh, please don't.
0: Twenty feet from stardom, which I heard was pretty good. That's the documentary about backup singers.
1: Yeah, another documentary that doesn't need to exist. Yep.
0: <laughs> You're next, which I liked a lot. I actually want to see that. I'm looking forward. Yeah, to that. I'm I'm going to be seeing Adam Weingard's next movie, The Guest, at Sundance. So pretty excited for that. R Nixon, which I heard good things about. That's the documentary on the those Nixon tapes that I guess were that were recovered. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Paradise Hope and Rewind This, which I liked a whole lot. Of. Ooh, Rewind
1: This is fun, yeah. Yeah. Nice. i yeah. will get to see that
0: one. And they're coming out with that on VHS too. Ooh. I are gonna pick me up a VHS copy of it. Yeah. Buy me a VHS. Pretty awesome. Uh, that's all I got. Any any other ones that I missed?
1: Um, we have two Criterions coming out the first one of which is Michael Mann's debut feature Thief starring James Caan from 1981 Um, that's coming out on Blu-ray gets the Criterion treatment and then Criterion is also re-releasing Rafifi, Jules Dassin's 1955 classic on Blu-ray which is I haven't gotten to see this one yet but I enjoyed uh, Dassin's The Naked City very much so so I've been wanting to see Rafifi for a long time, just haven't gotten around to it.
0: I just remember, I don't remember what it was that I used to have, like a, a DVD or something that would have a, an ad for some sort of uh, release of Rafifi. And I just remember the, the movie announcer always going, Rafifi. <laughs> <laughs> like all the time, I just watch it all the time. Rafifi.
1: Uh, we need to make a sound
0: bank of these <laughs> uh, I think that that'll wrap it up For all the latest film news and reviews Visit us at filmpulse.net Follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net And be sure to rate us on iTunes We appreciate that very much For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam And I'm Kevin And we'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches a Movie My
1: dear I'll be
0: Two guns. <laughs>